Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Welcome back to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. Hey, we're super stoked to be with you guys today. We're going to have an awesome conversation for us novice CEOs who have just embarked on this incredible journey of going from owner-operator to CEO, making their ascension in leadership. For those of you who are saying to yourself, oh my gosh, this is, it feels like totally new territory for me. I'm totally uncomfortable right now. I don't know what I'm doing. You know what? We've all been there. We've all been there. We know exactly what you think, what you're feeling. Some of you are saying to yourself, man, I, I'm experiencing imposter syndrome for the first time. It's like, man, can I just get back into that adjustatorium and adjust all those patients and give reports of findings and do new patients, et cetera. I'm really good at that. I love leading my patients table side on their health journey. Well, we're here to tell you, you know, so much of those skill sets translate and transfer just beautifully, Dr. Pete. So if you're feeling like a newbie, if you're feeling like this is a, a new journey for you that's stretching you into a new skill set, man, you're in the right place. Today, we're going to talk about how the skills of being a great chiropractor and leading, shepherding your patients are those same skills that you'll need to lead and shepherd your team. And, and I think that's the ultimate takeaway right there, that the same skills that you have developed over the years through launch and build to leading your patients and leading your community, you'll be using those skills now to lead your team in scale. And I want to encourage you in this, in this episode today, because Dr. Steven, as you know, we spend a lot of time and energy and focus helping doctors go from build into scale. And from scale to scaling up into remarkable scaling, and we've recognized, and I've been recognizing that the skills that you develop and have developed in your season of build are actually what you bring with you into scale. And so often, if we haven't developed the skill set, the we haven't built the built the muscle, let's say the fitness in build. I also see that as a point of exposure in scale. In other words, a doctor who has ascended into scale, meaning they brought on an associate doctor or two, or maybe opened a second clinic, may not have developed the skills, all of the skills that are required, leadership skills in the season of build. And that is a point of exposure. And most will actually raise their hand and say, that, that, that's me. Yes, that, that's, I, I have gotten away with certain things in this build season and I moved into scale and now I'm exposed. And so I'm going to go back and I need to work on developing that, that leadership muscle. But I also want to just make this as practical as possible and say, but the truth is, if you developed the skills in the season of build of leading patients and leading them well, 
then I want to encourage you that you have the what it takes to lead in the season of scale and becoming that remarkable CEO. We know that the first shift that must happen is an identity shift. It's a transformation from above, down, inside, out. The transformation is an inside job, but it starts from above. We have to recognize that we have to see ourselves and our perception of our identity. We have to see ourselves differently. And that identity shift then leads to a behavioral shift. Okay. So today I want to look at it through the lens of the scorecard of the CEO and looking at the objectives of your position and saying your first and primary objective as the CEO is vision casting. That you're a vision caster. In other words, it's part of your role and responsibility and you are accountable to making sure that there is clarity amongst the team and therefore amongst the community that you serve, what the vision is. What are we accomplishing here? What are we looking to achieve? What does success look like? And keeping us focused on and keeping us clear on the vision. And so as a visionary, think about how you apply that skill of vision casting in your day-to-day ops as a, what we might say, owner-operator, as a chiropractor, serving your community, serving your patient base. Think about this. And Doc, this came out of some, this was inspired for me in training some of our doctors on understanding how to influence people. It actually came from our second module, well, our modules five through eight in the DC Academy training, which is like module two in our masterminds that we use to help doctors build remarkable businesses. And it came from this conversation with a bunch of chiropractors about this. And it was, I was so moved by the discussion and the mastermind that we were able to have around this concept because I realized you know what? We take a lot for granted on the skills that we develop in the trenches, you know, that those skills that we develop table side apply beautifully in the CEO seat. And so I want to encourage you there, but I want to dig in a little bit to Dr. Steven today on, you know, how to, how your leadership in the, in the patient, in the adjustatorium is something that you apply in the in the leadership meetings that you're having with your COO or your associates or your team or your community, that as you put on your hat as CEO, as you put on your hat as investor, as you bring that, that you're going to take those skills and apply them. Dr. Steven, this is something that energizes me. And, uh, and I want to make sure that all of you leave here very, very clear on what it is that you've developed and how to apply it practically as you lead your team. Dr. Pete, my mind went, as soon as you said the ascension part of this, my, you know, my mind went to, you know, that very, you know, the very, it's a very practical application of this concept of the three point ascension or this three-step ascension for an owner, where they go from an owner operator to a CEO, uh, to, or, uh, to a, an investor, right? So that three step where you go from working in the business to working on the business to working above the business. Let's just talk about that first step here in this conversation, which is where, you know, you're going from working in the business to working on the business, going from owner operator to CEO. You know, when you're the owner operator, your job is to take care of the customer, right? So your job is to take care of the patients. 
when you make the ascension to CEO, your job becomes, I, my job is to take care of the team and the team will take care of the patients. Now that doesn't by any means imply that when you become the CEO, you never take care of patients anymore. Don't, don't, don't hear that. Don't, don't lose the forest for the trees on this, right? So the concept is, is when you become a CEO, you have to recognize that just like you took care of the patients, you have to recognize your job changes to you have to take care of your team and your team takes care of the patients, right? And there'd be times when you wear the hat and you are taking care of the patients, but your job is to take care of the team the same way you took care of the patients, right? So this conversation is all about taking everything that you learned as an owner operator, taking care of all those patients and letting that translate into this new role that feels, you know, man, it's like, you know, putting on some new clothes and being like, oh my gosh, this is like, stiff or it needs to stretch out or hasn't quite settled in yet. I'm like, I'm like in this new role that I'm a little uncomfortable in, what have you, you got to recognize that you're going to be bring with, bringing with you so many skills that you developed in that, in that role as the owner operator. For example, you know, when it comes to an owner operator building your practice, very often it starts with building, you know, your patient base through marketing, right? So it's like marketing is about attracting qualified leads into the business, right? So potential new patients. Well, when you become the CEO, your job becomes building your team. So building your team, team, team building is just marketing two. Marketing one is B to C, right? So attracting new customers into the practice. Building a team is marketing two, right? So it is actually marketing the opportunities to come and work in the, in the business on that team in that practice. And just like with a patient, our job is to compel people to want to join the practice and know that they're going to be better off with you than without you. In other words, their life is going to be better off with chiropractic than without chiropractic. It's the same thing when it comes to building your team. You've got to learn how to compel people to actually join your team. So when you're meeting that A player that you want to be on your team, you've got to be able to market that. You've got to be able to sell them. So there's the conversion piece of that as well. And you know when you're converting, converting people, like just when you're, when you're converting patients, you're setting expectations and agreements. And it's all about, listen, this is where you are. This is where you want to be. When you're talking to a patient, it's here's your problem. These are your goals. When you're talking to a potential team member as they're joining your team, it's like, what are your personal, professional, financial goals? Again, it's this is where you are now. Where do you want to be tomorrow? And where do you want to be ultimately? It's the same conversion process. And then, of course, you set up expectations and agreements with patients when they join the business, right? So when they join your practice, it's the same thing with your team members. You set up expectations and agreements. This is what you need to do to get what you want. Do, are you clear on those expectations? Do we agree, right? So it's the same thing. So when you are holding a patient accountable to those expectations and agreements so that they will follow recommendations for care, comply, so you can do your best work and get the great results for them. It's the th same thing with team members. We set up expectations and agreements. I'm gonna hold you accountable to those things. Dr. Pete, so many of these skills are just a direct linear transfer and instead of shepherding a group of lay people, right, as patients, you make the ascension to CEO. This is where you're shepherding your team of lay people, like that are now professionals that are working on, uh, you know, as part of your business. I think it's so important, Doc, and I'm so glad that you went there, you know, because you said at the beginning, sometimes we suffer with imposter syndrome. And, and it doesn't only happen like when you're just making the ascension. Sometimes it can happen when, you know, you get your backside handed to you one quarter or you know, you go through a rough run with, with a team member that was super important. It was a key player on your team. And maybe that relationship changed for some reason. And now you feel like, man, I'm back at zero. You know, so if I'm talking to anybody out there, I want you to number one, I want you to be encouraged. We know what we always talk about is it's wicked hard, 
but it's worth it. And we know that, you know what, the juice on this, it's worth the squeeze. And I'm going to even go further and say our profession, chiropractic, it hinges upon this happening. So it is significant that we get this right. So if you feel that the calling to make the ascension to becoming the CEO, then I'm going to challenge you to step into your calling to step over the barrier of the belief or the fear or the what ifs or the, the unknown, or if you've made the ascension, but you're feeling like you're walking on a tightrope and you could go either way. I want you to know, stay the course and you're not alone and we're here to help you. And, and, and we, and the, and the profession needs you to continue to ascend and the, cause the public needs you. Because the demand, as we talked about in a different episode, the demand for chiropractic is, is only increasing. The need for it is increasing. The value is increasing. So we need more leaders to continue to step up in our profession so we can create more of a runway for more chiropractors to step into their calling. So as you ascend and rise, you also raise up the people with you and everyone rises up with you. So I, wanna, I just want to remind you of this and recognize that your attentiveness to the development of the skills in build will be absolutely applied in your development as the CEO in scale. And as you continue to scale up and you get invited into and called into and step into more role ascensions, that you will be re- you are being prepared for what's coming next in the now. And, you know, and so I just want to encourage you wherever you find yourself on the spectrum, because I know that many listening to this may be saying, well, I'm not moving into scale yet, or I want to go into that season, but I'm not quite there yet. Maybe you self-selected yourself as still in build. Maybe you're in launch. I don't know, but we know that you're a chiropractor and you're (laughs) going to make this ascension. And I want to encourage you wherever you're at in your season to develop the skills, to develop the level of fitness because as Dr. Steven just explained so well, you would apply what you developed in your attraction. You're going to apply that to attracting customers, to attracting the right team. You're going to, what you apply, if you truly do conversion well, you're going to apply that same, those same principles to onboarding, hiring and onboarding your new team members well. Retention, what is it about? Collecting ideal patients. Guess what? Just like it is to build that, same thing is keeping A-level talent, keeping those great players on your team so they can have a career journey with you, just like a patient can be with you for life. And then capturing value, actually creating profitable businesses. Just like as we grow our practice, the practice becomes more profitable. As you build your team, your business becomes more profitable. The same rules apply in all four seasons. So there was two things that I wanted to... I wanted to, to to talk about today, one was one is the law, the law, the life of probability versus the life of possibility, and the second one is the A to Z technique, and this is something that we use as chiropractors tableside all the time, and so when we when we talk about the life of possibility, the life of probability, what we're basically saying is if you choose to do nothing different and you continue doing what you've been doing, applying what you know, you will continue to get the same outcomes that you've got. That's basically what we're saying, okay? But we're saying, but what's possible for you is if you would actually change the behavior, change your belief, 
apply a slightly different approach, you actually could end up here, which is the life of probability. You get to decide. And we communicate this way to a patient and we give them the choice. Listen, the red pill or the blue pill, you get to choose. Like if you choose this one, this is what you know, and this is where you'll go. And you agree with that. This is maybe what you don't know, but I will tell you, if you choose this path, this is where you will go. And that's what's possible. And we give them that choice. Well, we do the same thing with, with our team. We do our same thing when we lead our team. Let's give them, I'll give you an example. If we give a team member a scorecard, okay? Now you could have run your practice without using scorecards. You might be listening to this podcast and say, we don't use scorecards. Or I have my version of the scorecard, I think, Dr. Pete, from what you guys have talked about in these podcasts or something like that. And, and so you, you have the, the practice of probability. The practice of probability, not using scorecards, what it would look like is you will continue to work really, really hard. You might make some progress, but ultimately it's still going to all be dependent upon you. You're going to feel the weight of that business for the rest of your career. That's the life of the practice of probability. If you choose not to, for example, use scorecards. If you use scorecards and you do it correctly, actually what we're giving you is the practice in the business of probability or possibility, possibility. sorry, possibility, possibility yeah. which is what could it become? And, and what we're explaining to you is, listen, if you, if you have applied this with your patient as a leader, right? Leading your patient base, your customer base, by giving them an understanding of the two lives that they have in front of them, they get to decide. We do the same thing with your business and we do the same thing with your team. Okay. So that was one thing I just wanted to talk about. Dr. Steven, we can, we can chat about that. The other one was the A to Z technique. So the A to Z technique, we use with patients all the time table side. I always tell the doctors, this is my favorite one, because anytime a patient says something, I'll be like, oh, hey, Steven, do you remember uh, where you were when we first came in? You know, it's like, I was like, do you remember what phase we, you, you were in? Do you remember that? Do you remember how long that you agreed that it took for your body to get to that level of lower level of health, that degenerative changes? How long did it take for you to get there? And they're telling you, yeah, it took decades, man. I beat my body up for all these years and so all these things. And then you're giving them an understanding of where they are at right now. And maybe they're de dealing with some challenges in their health right now. And they're thinking, man, I thought I'd be further along by now. I've been getting adjusted for two whole weeks. And, and then you meet with that patient and you say, hey, 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 cool. Time out, time out. Love this. I love that you're having some challenge right now. Hey, let's just reorient. Where did you come from? Do you remember how long it took to get here? Do you remember what phase you're in? Do you remember how long we said it would take to correct it? Do you remember why we engaged in this initial intensive plan? Do you remember why? And we just reorient, reorient, reorient. What do we do? We use an A to Z technique to organize and create more focus for a patient so that they then say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. This isn't a setback. This is just part of the process because we're slowing down and stopping the damage. We're getting this place where we're going to start the healing and, and process we, we recognize we're in initial intensive care stage. So this is actually normal in this stage of care. So we recognize that we use these techniques. Well, we apply the A to Z technique as visionaries for our, for our team all the time. We have to do a job of assessing and auditing what has happened. Let's call that the CEO quarterly vital signs report, where we can look at the last 90 days and we can look at all these metrics and say, you know what? I've got a lay of the land. Let me present to you as a team where we're at. CEOs, COOs can do this. 
And then at the same time, we look ahead and we say, and look at where our targets are to be three years from now, one year from now. And based on those goals, this is where we want to be 90 days from now. So based on that and based on this right now, this is what's important now. This is what creates focus, right? So a CEO through visioneering, through the A to Z technique, which you use table side to handle a patient who's two weeks in and a little bit frustrated about their progress, feeling like they're regressing a little bit. We can use that same app, apply that exactly to our team and look at it in terms of the KPIs, look at it in terms of the vitals, look at it in terms of the progress we are or are not making. And then what we do is we re-engage, re-inspire, reconnect, and re-influence, it's about influence, our team to reinvest their time, energy, and focus on what's important now so that we continue moving forward. These techniques that we apply and develop table side, all those years is in the trenches, I promise you, they are designed to equip you for the next season, which is where you are now. Dr. Steven, I just get so fired up about this. And uh, I think it's Man, so I valuable for our docs. As you're telling the stories, I'm, I'm just, I find myself in your adjustatorium, <laughs> you know, <laughs> letting atlases fly, you know, seeing several hundred people a shift. Uh, and I can totally picture you in, in flow, in stride, just recognizing that, that, that a patient needed a slip and check. Right. So and then, you know, at your board meeting or at your quarterly review or at your Monday meeting, recognizing when a team needs a team member needs a slip and check. Right. So that's the role of the of the CEO. Right. So that is our that's our job to be that person that can pick up on that. We're constantly taking the temperature of our patient, of our client, of our customer, of our team member, of our prospective uh, new patient or customer, et cetera. Right. So we are. We are the ones that can, you know, we have, we can be sensitive to like, where's a person at right now and what is it that they need to hear right now, right? So, and how that that skill set translates as painful as it may be to t hit pause, there's a purpose for it, right? So, and knowing, having the discernment of knowing when it is time to do that uh, just translates beautiful. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying, like I'm, I'm raising teenagers now, right? Which is a lot of fun because they're, you know, they've got menial jobs that they do, right? So, and uh, an 18 year old boy and a 16 year old girl. And this is like, you know, can you remember as a teenager is like, why am I doing this job? This is the worst job, but they've got me doing the like most menial tasks, or whatever. And I think, and I, and I share with them, I'm like, trust me, God is just shaping you right now. Like, like you're, he's just, you know, he wants you to make all your big mistakes in a small room, right? You're just going to get shaped right now. And then you're going to get a bigger room. And it's like each step of the way is training you for the next step in the journey. Um, and I think back to, you know, my kids are tired of hearing my window washing stories, but I'm like, listen, everything I needed to know to be a great CEO, I learned washing windows, you know, <laughs> back in the day, right? So I look at some of the jobs that I had, some of the hard ones, the terrible ones, like being a bus boy, man, that was, a, that was the worst job in the world, unless you wanted to learn what it meant to be a pivotal team member and work as a team in a busy place, right? So, or a bar back, oh my gosh, that was even worse than being a, being a bus boy, right? So unless you realize that there was great value in learning how to be just a, 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 a linchpin player on a small team that was trying to serve a whole bunch of people. And then eventually being the bartender, getting your ass kicked six deep for four hours on a Friday night, right? Slinging drinks, unless you wanted to learn how to handle volume under stress for long hours with a smile, right? And love on people, right? So 
it was the perfect tra- training arena and then eventually running a crew of window washers. Oh my gosh, how stressful that was, right? Going from being the guy washing the windows to having, you know, multiple crews out and multiple sites and multiple awesome homes and trying to make sure nobody fell off a ladder, you know, while they're doing great work and the customer is happy. And then meanwhile, going around and knocking on doors and telling people how the neighbors are snickering at how dirty their windows are, right? Like this, this, this interruptive marketing going around a neighborhood, knocking on doors, selling $600 window cleaning, right? So all of these, Dr. Pete, every single step of the way was just, we were being groomed, right? We were being groomed to become great CEOs. And just like you're feeling right now, CEO, as you're listening to this, whatever is kicking your ass right now, what is that thing that you just don't have confidence around or just continues to be a challenge and an issue for you? If you're feeling like you're thin in your skills, this just recognize that it's all a process, right? So we're all, we're all on this journey of ascension. And you know, ultimately, you're being groomed into the next iteration that your business is gonna call for, right? So ultimately there'll be another iteration of your business out ahead of you, okay? That you're gonna need to grow up and grow into before your practice will actually realize that vision story. So, uh, hey docs, you know, we, um, we love to say what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs right now, excuse me, and what chiropractic needs right now is more successful chiropractors. And those successful chiropractic businesses are going to be led by remarkable CEOs. Please stick around for more business insights from this week's bonus interview with our remarkable success partner dedicated to helping you more successfully help more people. Enjoy. All right, remarkable CEOs. Thank you so much for Continuing on with me, I'm honored to have with me today in the studio, one of our long-term success partners. And this is the success partner you're going to want to listen to because this is all about building wealth. Uh, we talk about money. You know, we talk about you can make a bigger impact. You can make a bigger income, but not all uh, dependent upon you, right? That's scalability. Build a bigger, make a bigger impact, make a bigger income, even in your absence. That's durability. But what do you do with that bigger impact, that bigger income? This is where Justin Maxwell and Big Life Financial comes in. They can absolutely help help you. So we're going to talk about two topics here today. Justin, thanks for joining me on the show today. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Pete. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, uh, so I'm going to let you have the floor here in just a minute, but we're going to talk about two things. Number one, we're going to talk about building wealth and we're going to talk about something that's incredibly relevant right now. So I know for a lot of our listeners, this is going to be very timely for you. And then number two, uh, we're going to talk about saving, which is also another thing that some of us probably really need to hear about right now. Yeah. So uh, these are two very important money-related topics. Both are going to lead to a more remarkable business and life and uh, hopefully a lot more peace of mind and joy. So uh, with that, I'm going to throw it over to you, Justin, maybe uh, introduction, who you are. I already told you them you're with you know Big Life Financial, but anything else you would like to share about who you are and what you're doing? And then uh, let's jump in. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. So I'm I'm Justin. I'm from Utah. I we've gotten hammered by snow recently, but I'm just passionate about helping people keep more of the money that they make. Because money, even though if we don't want to admit it, is a part of our life. But if we can make it automated, if we can make it systematic, if we can make it simpler and understand what it is, we can start to just focus more on delivering more value to people and focus on helping more people, which will result in more money. 
But if you don't have that figured out, it's harder to deliver more value because it's always in the back of your mind of this bill is coming. I don't know if I'm going to have enough for retirement. I don't know if I'm going to have enough at all. So having that solved is what we try and solve for people and make it automated and holistic and align it with what you're trying to accomplish. Wow. All right. All of that speaks right to me. I know you're speaking directly to our listeners. So I'm hungry to hear more. So you, you're passionate about helping people like me and every one of our listeners keeping more of their money through automation, system, systemization, simplicity. Tell us more about that. Let's jump in. So I think let's just start with automated savings because I think this is really important for people to grasp because typical person in America only saves two to 5% of their income, which is nowhere near enough to create financial independence. And when you only save that much, you are inclined to take more risk with your money. So you're going to expose it to more volatility. And the exposure to volatility is just going to result in stress and like, I don't know if this is going to go up. I'm losing all my money. It leaves a lot of uncertainty there. But if you can automate your savings and make it so that it's just a part of what you're doing, you can deliberately invest in the things that are more aligned with what you are passionate about, which for a lot of our listeners and listeners you're talking to here are, is the business that they're in. If they, because the business is going to produce the greatest ROIs for them. But if you don't save enough money, you can't put money into things. And so oftentimes we're backwards. We want to budget our way and try and pull out things and shrink it. But if we create automated and reverse the way that we pay ourselves, we find that we can really increase the amount we save over the long haul. Let me just give a few examples. So most people, the money falls directly into a normal checking account. And then that checking account is where they spend all of their money. But that's what we call the spending account. And because it's titled the spending account, oftentimes purchasing of things occurs in a very unconscious way. You don't even realize you've spent money. Like maybe you had a really big month last month. And then all of a sudden you get to the next month. You're like, where the heck did all the money go? It's because you had all your money in a, in a spending account, which is unconsciously spent. So you have to interject a new bank account into your life. Now, we have the ability to help people do this with an automated app where they can use an app that will automate this for them, but they can do this without me or without anything. You just have to put a new bank account into your life. All income falls into that bank account. And then from that bank account, you're going to send a designated amount of money to your spending account each month. It's set in stone and that's what you spend. Once it's in the spending account, there is no guilt. You can spend whatever it is in there but all the extra cash is caught inside of that other account. And we call that account the wealth reservoir because it's going to slowly get bigger and bigger. So as you get big months, the, the excess is going to stay inside that wealth reservoir and the money you spend on your lifestyle stays exactly the same. So there is no unconscious spending because it's taken away from your ability to spend it. It's in a separate spot. And if you can automate this so that it's set up where it just automatically distributes each month and there is no thinking about it, there's no unconsciousness, it's this is happening automatically without me thinking. Now you can deliberately spend the money and take it out of that account or deliberately spend it to make you more money, putting it back into your business, putting it into wealth generating activities. This alone, if you look at it over a 30-year period, will allow you to save millions of more dollars. Like I know that sounds like a lot, like I'm being a little bit hyperbolic or hyperbole, but it's 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 reality because your income is going to keep going up. But if you've set in stone that this is how much I live on, the excess gets caught here. So you'll save millions more dollars over the long haul 
by setting up an automated saving system. And if you save a million dollars more, that means you can put a millions of dollars more to work for you and get those things into financial independence and drive that towards you versus just being unconsciously spent into consumption. I love it. So, I mean, if I was to briefly summarize, you know, what you're saying as a non, you know, you're the finance guy. So I'm just going to speak like I'm a chiropractor. So you're saying if I use automation, set up an automation, automated savings account, and I build it that way, the way you just described that I'm going to end up saving over time, millions of dollars and potentially millions more than what I would have saved. It's not just like you're saving millions. I'm, I also heard you'll save millions more because of the two to 5% and then the volatility and then the spending model. It's actually a spending account. If you can just make this, some of these very fundamental changes with automation, you are setting yourself up to save millions more than you would have if you haven't probably. Is that Correct. also yeah, safe to say? Yeah, you're right on. And obviously we have to increase our income over time. Like you still need to right. be building your business and getting more income, but having this in place will enable you to keep way more of your money than you would have had you just done it like everyone else does with just the one saving, the one checking account. And then that's right. I do all my saving and everything from, because it's so unconscious. We have to set up automations to make it a deliberate choice of where we send our money but now we're making it so the unconsciousness is in the savings, not in the spending. So good. Um, all right. Well, nugget number one, if you didn't hear it, then just go press rewind and listen to this again, because Justin explains it to you. Okay. So I think there's one more kind of key point I you had shared with me that you wanted to, sh to share with our audience uh, here on the podcast here today. So uh, what's what's number two you want to yeah. press into yeah. Number two is the student loans. A lot of people that have student loans haven't had to make payments on them for two years because the, the COVID pandemic caused a pause on those. The government paused them. However, that is going to come to a resolution here in 2023. The Supreme Court is going to rule on if Biden's forgiveness thing is legal or not. But even if it is or not legal, the payments are going to turn back on for you. So that's going to create a new expense that you may not have had for a while or a new expense that you haven't had ever because you graduated your chiropractic school during that time. And so you're going to want a solution around this. And there are solutions that not only allow you to have a strategy around this, but also allow you to build wealth out of this. There are very few things when it comes to expenses, specifically on debt, where we are able to actually transform an expense and turn it into an asset for us. But the federal government has programs that allow us to do this in a, a very powerful way. So I'll give a few examples to highlight it. And then if they want more information, they can come chat. So we, I had a, a chiropractor that had $350,000 worth of debt. If the, when the payments turn back on, her monthly payment is going to be like $2,500 a month in order to pay that off. The government programs have brought that payment to zero. And is what we are doing is taking the $2,500 that was going to go to the, the, the debt and putting it into vehicles that will grow for her. And over time, that's going to produce more and more cash. And so in her circumstance, she's going to have, after the student loans are completely paid off and done and she's out of debt, instead of just being out of debt, she's going to be out of debt and she's going to have about $750,000 of asset built up over time because she chose to take advantage of these programs. Another big win is we had an older doctor that he'd been making payments for 30 plus years. 
and he met the criteria of forgiveness. And so he, he's going to get his loans forgiven. And one of the cool things is up until 2025, if you get your loans forgiven in this next chunk of time between now and 2025, there is no tax on it. So his loan is going to, he has like a hundred and something thousand left. His loan is going to go from a hundred thousand due to nothing due. And he gets it forgiven by the federal government because he made on time payments the entire time. So that is enabling him to not have to pay a hundred thousand dollars in liability, but he can now start building wealth with those dollars to generate income for financial freedom as he pushes into his sixties and seventies, which wouldn't have happened previously. So those are two examples of what the power of these programs can do and why it can actually be a positive wealth builder versus just paying off debt. Wow. Well, I mean, this is a CEO podcast and uh, I love talking to you because you always give us and give me just some great information and, and wisdom and, and opportunities that we have to build wealth and, and build more remarkable lives. And I know that your big life is uh is a big part of this. So you want that for all your, your, all of our listeners I know. So how do our listeners get in contact with you, especially if they want to learn more, maybe have a chat with you about some of these things. Uh, what's the best way to do that? Yeah. Best way is to go to biglifefinancial.com slash TRP. You heard it. Biglifefinancial.com slash TRP. All right. Well, that concludes this segment. And uh, thank you for tuning in as always to the Remarkable CEO podcast. And I look forward to rejoining with you next week. Remember to tune in for our episode next week. Until then, take care, everybody. Thanks again, Justin. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.